everybody. Welcome to Mind, Mind Body, Body Stuff. Stuff. I'm Kaylee. I'm Bernice. And I am so excited about this episode because I get to interview you. <laughs> yeah, it's a fascinating life, everybody. It is. Hang on. It is pretty fascinating. I feel like I learn things about you all the time that are simultaneously completely shocking and also not at all. It's like, <laughs> you've had a life. It's very interesting. It's been a long life. Well, in fact, you are turning 56 tomorrow. 56 tomorrow. So it has been such a full life oh my and with gosh. lots of twists and turns. So we're going to just hear about a few of them. I definitely don't want to get bored. I think there's something like in my written in my brain, like, do not get bored. I don't think you'll get bored. <laughs> I think you've pretty much figured out a way not to be bored ever. Um, she has five children. She's got two chickens, four cats, three dogs. Three dogs, three horses. Three horses, um, several jobs. Several jobs. Numerous companies. Just, you don't want to, you know, have nothing to do someday. <laughs> like, what would I do? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to get bored. <laughs> don't think that's happening. Okay, I have five questions for you. Five questions. Okay. Okay, so this is one of my personal favorite stories about um, about you. So can you tell us how you met and then married Mike? You'll have to embellish it, too, because I forget some parts. Okay. Some people are like, that's my favorite part. You, you forgot. forgot it. Okay. Because um, it was so long ago. But I just love, I just love it because it's such like a... Well, anyways, you can tell it. It's like a romance novel. It's a romance kinda. novel, but you're also like, you know what? This is what I want for my life. And here we go. Yeah, I'm not going to mess around. You're not going to mess around. No. And I love it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Start okay. the story. So, <laughs> many years ago, um, I went on spring break with my girlfriend um, to Tahoe with my parents. My parents had a little ski place up there. And um, there was a dinner party one night. For a bunch of old people, I thought they were old at the time. They were probably like 50 and 60, 40, 50, 60. I was like, wow, these old people. And uh, we were at the dinner party at a restaurant. And this, just so you know, this, this ski place that we were at is very private. Like you can only get in by gondola. Ooh. So you can't have cars in there. You have to park your car and then catch a gondola in okay. to the place. And it was actually built by, some of you might know, it was built by Walt Disney years ago. It was Ooh. called Sugar Bowl. And he named everything different. Like the Snow White Inn and um, oh, it's just cute. cool names. And um, so anyway, we're at this party and we have this waiter serving us, me and my girlfriend. We're like the youngest people there. We're like 23. And this waiter just keeps giving me more and more champagne. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, look how forward. He's so forward. And I was like looking at my friend Julie, like, do not talk to him. Don't make eye contact with him. These people, you do not want to encourage this type of behavior. <laughs> And, um, but you didn't think he was hot. I thought he was hot. I thought he was but hot. But you still didn't want But it was like attention? one of those hot skiers that would like probably, you know, dump you really okay. quick. Okay. Like Use hook you up and... with you and dump you. Yeah. So I was like, no, never. And when you hear my husband describe the story, it's pretty funny. Cause he's like, you had this, he said, you had this beautiful sort of, um, silk shirt on with a really high collar <laughs> and this velvet sort of bolero jacket. And you looked very like contained, like, don't bother me. <laughs> Anyway, he kept serving me alcohol, and I like we. I'm like, let's get out of here. We left the party. And you then, and him? No, me and Julie. Oh, you and your friend. Okay. And then he's waiting at the door to the restaurant, so we have to walk by him. Oh. So I say, do not make eye contact. 
and we walk right by, like noses in the air. Yeah. Do not look at us. And um, I'm like, that's the end of that. So a few nights later, Julie says, you want to go to a bar in town? Now to go to the bar, we have to, of course, catch the gondola. Right. Then we have to get in a car and drive down the road to a bar. Okay. Which we never do because it's kind of hard. Yeah, it sounds hard. So I'm like, okay, we'll go to the bar. We go to the bar and who's there? Mikey. Mike's there again. I'm like, there's that guy. And of course, Julie starts to hook up right away with some Italian dude. So I'm left alone at the table at the bar. And so he comes up to me and I'm like, oh, now he's going to ask me to dance. <laughs> and um, anyway, we end up dancing and he ended up t- talking about Shakespeare. Ooh. So I was like, oh. He could tell from your outfit that you went to party. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Romeo and Juliet? You're wearing velour. I'm like, velour. <laughs> I love velour. <laughs> and uh, anyway, one thing led to another. And Yes, we, it did. We knew each other for three days because it was spring break, and I had to go back to Hawaii where mm-hmm. I was living. And I only knew him for three days. And, um, and I liked him. He was pretty fun, but I wasn't like, you know, totally convinced. Yeah. But he was hot. Yeah. Anyway, he goes. Oh, he was hot. Anyway, he goes. I'm Woo! working in Yellowstone. So are you though? Well, he was hotter than me. I think. I don't know. He's pretty hot. But anyway, we're working. He's like, I'm working in Yellowstone, and I'm, of course, I'm from Hawaii, so I'm like thinking to myself, Yellowstone is that like in California? <laughs> is that near the beach somewhere? So he's like, you could come visit if you ever wanted to, and I'm like, of course, he has no idea who I am because right. of course I'm like, of course I will visit. <laughs> and then about three months later, I flew out to Montana, which I'd never been to. And my family was like, where are you going? Because you had to figure out where Yellowstone oh, was. Oh, yeah. I had to okay. figure out Yellowstone. I had to fly to, like, Bozeman. Yeah. And um, I spent, like, two weeks with him in Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to move in after that with him. <laughs> Poor guy. And he was just like, oh, no. And I move in with, with him. And he doesn't give me a dresser. Like nothing. I have no place to put my clothes. Which, by the way, folks, if a fella does that, maybe we should figure out. Maybe. He's just not that into you. <laughs> but I stuck with it because I'm. that's the type of person I am. Yeah. And we dated for a few years. And I was, you know, getting to be like 25 and feeling like I was a granny already, like getting old. Which I know I realize that's not. But, of course, that's my own yeah. personal issue. Sure. And. So I'm thinking, you know, when are we going to get married? I keep asking him. Yeah. And the poor guy, you know, Mike's like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm just not sure. And I'm like, well, you should give me a ring or something, like a promise ring. Yeah. So I make him buy me a promise ring, which of course he has no idea what that means. <laughs> and then I, um, I end up wearing it and then calling his family and saying we're engaged. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts hearing from everybody that, um. We're engaged. And he was like, I'm, what, who, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and at this point, we're moving to Maine. He's gotten a job in Maine, uh-huh. in um, Bahaba. Okay. Um, at that, I can't remember the name of the park. You Maine people will know. It's beautiful. Um, on Mount Desert Island. And so we get a job. We fly out there. And we end up living on this little cabin on a peninsula by ourselves. He's in charge of this whole peninsula, Skudik Peninsula in Maine. And we're alone, and I say to him, so, you know, when are we going to set the date? And it's a quiet night. And he says, and this is a big mistake on his part. Big mistake, Mike. He says, he's being honest. I'm just not 100% sure. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me? He's like, you know, I'm just, just not 100% sure. 
And I said, well, good to know. And I left a week later. <laughs> Went back to Hawaii. I think he was shocked. Like, I thought maybe we could just hang out for a while. Yeah. Went yeah, back right. to Hawaii, left him, um, met, dated a lot of other people in between, had a great time. He tried to fly down and um, date me, but I was dating an Olympic kayaker at the time. <laughs> Very busy. I hope you're not listening. And then, um, and then, uh, and then I ended up dating um, a photo- this famous photographer guy, and he was older than me, and he was going to fly me back to the East Coast to meet his family for a mm-hmm. wedding. And so, hey, th- you guys, this is my favorite part. So coming he, up, just so you know, <laughs> he buys me all this beautiful clothes, like. Chanel outfits, super high-end, expensive stuff. I'd never, I was like, wow, this is fascinating. And I think we bought me the stuff. We fly to San Francisco because we have a one-night stay in San Francisco before uh-huh. we go back east. And I look at him in San Francisco and I say to him, I can't do this. <laughs> and he's like, what? I have our tickets. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Uh-huh. I'm going to fly to Montana because Mike now was working in Glacier. And I left the photographer. And you bought a plane ticket. Bought a plane ticket instantly. Flew to Montana. At this point, Mike is working at a very um, remote place in Glacier National Park called Goat Haunt. Okay. And you can only get there by boat or by hiking in. Mm-hmm. So I call ahead of time to let them know I'm arriving. I'm coming mm-hmm. to the place. <laughs> and uh, you have to call into the park and it goes into the communication system. So it goes through park-wide because there's no cell service. Nothing works back in there. Yeah. So everybody hears this through the park, and I call the comp center, the communication center, and I say, tell Mike Johnston that his fiance is arriving today. <laughs> and poor Mike is back in the back country, and a bunch of people, you know, see him, and they're like, we didn't know you were engaged. And he was like, I didn't know I was engaged. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I got the boat in, and then that was that. And that was that. That was that. Then we got married. How crazy. I love it. I love that story. I love that you just kind of like decided this is what I'm doing. And then, of course, we still have an issue. I do. As this Haley is knows. a big issue still, you guys. Because you know her diamond. You know how she always <laughs> wants diamond rings? Well, this is why. Mm-hmm. This is unresolved. Unresolved in my mind because I never got an engagement. Because he never actually had to propose to you because you just said we're, we're engaged, engaged. Which is typical of me. Yes. So that's why she buys herself diamond rings. All the time. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. And not just diamond ring, diamond engagement Engagement rings. rings. Her hands are full of engagement rings because he never gave her one. <laughs> At some point, I'm wondering when we're going to just tell Mike it's time. He won't. But it's like, why won't he? Can't we just make him buy you a ring, get down on a knee, and propose for like your 30th wedding anniversary? Oh my God, if he did that, that would make me so happy. I feel like it's time for me to call Mike. Oh, Mike. <laughs> You're like, how much money are you going to spend on all those dumb engagement rings? I know. I'm like, you'd save yourself a lot of money, Here's Mike, another one for myself. If you just do this. <gasps> Anyways, I love anyway. that story, though. And now, what, 20, 28 years? 20 or more. Yeah, 28 years all in right, September. So he's got a little bit of time. He's got two more years to figure it out. To figure this out, Mike. He's very um, mulish. Yeah. Stubborn. He's stubborn. Yeah. Which is good for me, probably. It's great for you. Yeah, otherwise, I'd push him around like a car. You get so... But it also pisses you off stubborn people. Oh. We had another fight this morning. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, the tone of your voice changes, and then it's like, oh, 
There she goes. <laughs> I'm not angry. Uh-uh. No, no. Not at all. Not at all. F all of you people. I hate you all. <laughs> is basically what's going through your head. Um, okay. Question number two. Mm-hmm. Your dad is someone who comes up a lot on this podcast and in your life in general. Um, I'm sure for those uh, frequent listeners, you've heard her, you've heard her talk about her dad a lot and just kind of what you learned from him and his wisdom. Um, what would you say is, if you can pinpoint the greatest lesson that he taught you? I think the greatest lesson Papa taught me was to be curious. Always stay curious. Mm -hmm. Never just sort of sit back on your whatever morals or rest on your what's that saying yeah rest, rest on your on ass your... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't rest on your ass Bernice <laughs> best advice I'm all, I don't think ever. Said, ever said that but yeah it's always he was always pushing me to stay curious mm-hmm. and pushing the realm of you know how you view things mm. he wasn't always endorsing everything that he talked about but it sure. was more like you better just there are many roads to the mountaintop as I say all the time and he was so good about sort of showing each road. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, well, you think it's this road. But let me talk about this road <coughs> for you. Mm-hmm. And so he was always pushing that. And I have to say, when he died, I was super bummed. Of course, I was bummed because my dad. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Why was I so sad? You know, um, I was super bummed that he, that he died. But one of the main reasons is that I wasn't going to have this mentor anymore. Mm-hmm. Or this person kind of pushing me. Mm-hmm. To pass my boundaries or pass, because as you know, I like to sort of just, you know, stay in one place sometimes. I mean, I don't, but I, but there is a fixation on repetitiveness or yeah. something. Yeah. And familiarity. Mm-hmm. And he was always trying to push past that. Like, mm-hmm. if you think this is reality, well, how about this? Oh, cool. I like, I like how you phrase that. And, um, but I have to say having you in my life, I was just thinking this the other day was you're the person because you're always like pushing me to go <laughs> outside my box. I'm like, what are we going to talk about now? And then I'm like, okay, yeah, we could talk about that. Oh, cool. Or even doing our workshops, mm-hmm. this constant need for, um, personal growth and personal enlightenment and just not, you know. Just being aware that you have to stay aware. Yeah, I I agree. And and that whole curious piece, like I think, I think you can just kind of see people who just go about their day, which a day turns into a week, into a year, into a lifetime, of just you can see that there is no sense of curiosity. You just mm-hmm. see that like I this is my life. I go through the motions. Yeah, you know I've you can it. see it, and, yeah. and I think yeah. I think that's awesome advice. And I think we could all learn from that. And didn't your dad have, I mean, how many different careers? Oh, many careers. And and the thing that I think is cool is that he was so successful in all of them. So it's not like, this is what I'm good at. So I must do this forever. It's like, I think it's, I think it would be scary to leave a career that you were really good at and successful in, mm-hmm. but have that trust that you are capable of many things in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like if oh, I were yeah. really good at something, I'd be like, this must be it. This must be the thing yeah, I'm a heart that I'm good at. I'm very good at. That's what I'm going to do for the yep. rest of my life. Yeah, yep. exactly. But I love that he kind of was always um, just breaking past those, those, um, I don't know, those boundaries that so many of us find ourselves in. 
Yeah, and he always said, he was like, because I, I, when I was younger, I'm like, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Like, how will I get successful? Well, he was like, well, just open yourself up. Mm-hmm. You know, walk down the path. Yeah. If you walk down it, something will appear. Yes. But stop trying to make something appear. Uh-huh. You have to cool. first start moving to make it appear. Oh, I love and, that. You know, and, I was, and he is so right about that. Well, I think there also has to be a, like this deep trust because to leave something that provides for you, that you're good at, that you have a reputation for, and to say, you know, I'm going to trust that something else is there, mm-hmm. that there's more in this life. Mm-hmm. I think that that's so, it, it seems challenging at least for me. And I think it's. And he was so open to that. It would be like, you right. know, he would be an arch- he was an architect for a while and then somehow he got to know some people and. Someone was like, well, you should run in politics. And then, but then, but he trusted and that avenue kind of opened up opened. for him. He's like, oh, sure, I'll try that. And then from that, a bunch of other avenues mm-hmm. opened up. So I loved how he was just open yeah. to, you know, what will present itself. Yes. You know. But I think you're right. The first thing that has, has to happen is we have to open ourselves to it. You have to open yourself to it. And you have to have some type of movement. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about movement. Yeah. yeah. You know, you have to have some type. And it doesn't have to be goal oriented. He was always I like, "Don't that. be so goal oriented." Mm-hmm. Just he used to say, "Having no destination, I am never lost. Mm-hmm. Just walk down the path. Don't stop worrying about where you're going to end up." I love that. And I'm like, "Right, I gotta stop worrying about where I'm going to end yeah. up." Yes. Yeah, it was I good. love that. Yeah, I good love job, it. I feel Papa. like so many of us get to learn from Papa, which is so cool. Yeah, he gets to live on. Someone said that. I was like, oh, he's bum- "I'm bummed that he's not around." They're like, "Well, he's living on through you." And totally, like, he oh. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, I guess now this sounds kind of like a stupid question coming after that. <laughs> uh, but question number three says, do you have any burning desires for your life that you have not yet accomplished? Do you think it is realistic or a goal that you will? Well, that I think that ties in perfectly. Exactly. Because the one thing I found about my life is I haven't really had goals. Mm. You know, it's mm. more... You know, I, I, when I was younger, I always was like, I want to be successful in some, I was just this, like, I have to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I think I determined success by either having money or being known or, mm-hmm. you know, all those things that we think success is. And talking to my dad kind of reconfigured that for me. He was like, no, just do what you like to do, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and that's what I did. Finally, I'm like, I'll just do what I like to do. Yeah. And I, I finished, it took me forever to finish college, but it didn't matter. I right. just was, I enjoyed traveling. I mm-hmm. wanted to, I met my husband. Um, mm-hmm. And then in college, I'm like, I love, um, I love the brain and how the brain mm-hmm. functions. So how about psychology mm-hmm. and how we end up, you know, where we end up sometimes in our lives? Like, how did I get here? And yeah. What am I going to do about that? Yeah. And so psychology was a natural segue. And then after psychology, you know, and then I started my practice but then, of course, I got cancer at that time, and then I started to go to the peak and exercise, and then I found Ula, which is kind of, which, what, and I would all, had always been a dancer and a mover, but then I opened myself up to, well, what does this mean in my life? Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> and I think that's, like, how beautiful to just be able to be like, and I don't know what will happen after this. Yeah. But I, I am open to it. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever presents itself. Yeah, exactly. And I am just enjoying this portion of my life so much. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful to have it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I have Ula. 
I'm so glad we get to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we get to do trainings around the world. Isn't it amazing? We get to meet so many amazing people. Like, you know, the people we meet, we just had a training last weekend. They changed your life. Totally. They changed my life every single time. Mm-hmm. I mean, who can ask for more than that? I don't, uh, how could you? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it is fascinating to think like, um, I don't know, I, to, to just think about what what we get to do and call it work. Like, I know, I it doesn't very, feel like work. I mean, it does sometimes, it does sometimes when we're like, for sure. you know, pushing and... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, even even today, we're like, okay, we've got to do this, 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 this before this time because th- then this has to happen, but if you break down each piece, we're like, we have to choreograph a dance. And we have to record a podcast, you know, it's like, and then we've got to, you know, have a quarterly three or a quarter three meeting, which we talk about stuff that we're incredibly fascinated by. You know, it's, 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 it's work. The job has to get done, but it's so so enjoyable. It's so enjoyable and enlightening Mm -hmm. and enlightening. Oh my God. It's yeah. It's not just like pleasure. It really pushes us. It does push us Uh for sure. And I'm so appreciative of that. I I want to be pushed. I do too. And you know, if I, if I didn't have this, I don't know if I would be pushed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not sure if I would. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I, I feel like I've said this before, but it was really difficult for me to have, uh, to, to have kids and not only like physically, but you know, Rob was not one of those people to be like, let's do it now. It was, it was always kind of like, you know, it's not, it's not the time yet for physical reasons, for, for, you know, just timing, timing reasons. reasons and all that. But there was a part of me and I'll be totally honest when I say this, there was a part of me when I didn't really know what I wanted to do that I'm like, I just want to have kids. So I don't actually have to figure it out. I did the same thing. I don't want to have to figure out what I should be doing. So I want children. Yes. And I just love that life didn't hand it to me that way. Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful because I, I like being pushed in the ways that I'm pushed. And I, not that, not that having kids like, hello, I have kids. So I'm not saying that it's easy because I, I know that it's not, but in a way it was like, I wanted it to be, I wanted it to substitute me finding a higher purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can do both because I absolutely believe having children is, is 100% part of my purpose, but I, I'm very grateful for this challenging work that we get to do that, yeah. that continues to ask us to expand. And even us having kids and dealing with having kids and the work that we do, uh-huh. you know, that balancing act of life and for me, being a nurturer mm-hmm. versus being a worker, mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. very enlightening for me, you know, yeah. of figuring out that balance of giving myself grace when I'm dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, this is, you know, I'm glad I'm doing this. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Because I could make it way easier, I think, on myself. You totally could. And I don't know how happy I would be in that in the big picture. It's really interesting because, you know, we want ease, but it's not ease that makes us happy very good point. It's really not. I mean, I've had, I've been through different phases in my life where I had ease and I was actually probably the least happy. So was those I times. the least happy. And that's why I created all this around me yeah. I think, because I was not happy when I had yeah. so much ease. Yeah. So interesting. And it makes us appreciate it that much more when we it have totally it. It totally does when you have those moments where you're just like, I'm just sitting out maybe by the mm-hmm. river the other night and I was watching the sunset and I was like, Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. What a blessing that I that I'm here at this moment right now. Yeah. And I think you and I um 
our brains are constantly running and so it's almost challenging for us and and it's it's actually good um quote unquote work for people like you and I to then actually appreciate those moments when they are when they arise and take them yes and not be like okay I need to be thinking about this or I need to be doing this or making this grocery list for us to just actually slow down and let the brain relax as well the brain and the heart and the soul just go just like for all of them to take a big exhale you feel this sort of you're part of the universe yes. you know because I was like on my totally. phone like doing a bunch of emails I was like, yeah I'm like well I'll go and watch the sunset but suddenly I was like wait Wait, wait, wait. Look at this. Yeah. And how, how often you get to be in this place and this mm-hmm. time and this space and being present in the, the beautiful sun setting on this beautiful, you know. Yeah. It's like breathe it in. Pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That was good. It, it, it is good. And I think it's, you know, the question of, of, you know, is there anything that you've not yet accomplished? I love just approaching with... I'm just going to stay curious yeah, I'm and stay I just want to stay open. I don't want to shut down to new ideas, new, um, opportunities. situations, opportunities, people just staying open because then the world really is kind of available to you. Yeah. And not having a goal, not, not having like, a goal. What if I'm not having to reach set that. a goal? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Okay. Um, okay. So question number four. You use humor a lot in life and how you understand and relate to the world. Do you think that anything is too serious as a subject for humor? Or do you think humor humor can always help to ease the tragedy of life? I think you have to be aware of the situation Uh when you're using humor. Like, and who's in the situation or where you're sharing it. And, you know, like, probably wouldn't want to do something about people dying if you're in a bereavement group. I mean, you could. You just have to be very aware of how you're doing it. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, remember how all those comics were um, saying, the comedians were saying about 911. Mm. Like, they were just mm-hmm. like, we can't. You can't. You, you can't. just cannot. Mm-hmm. You can't make a joke about yeah. that. Even, yeah. Even a joke that, I mean, that would alleviate the pain of it is just, you just can't go there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't yeah. think. Like, and I totally agree with you. I do feel like your humor um, oftentimes helps pull me out of like um, doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I do think you're right that there's a time and a place for it. But I will say that your humor has really helped me kind of um, see the other side sometimes to mm-hmm. situations. Because like I said, it's really easy and natural for me to go deep and dark. Yeah. And I feel like your humor brings this sense of levity to the way that I view things sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you, was that like something that you developed or have you always been this comedic person? My dad was always kind of a weird, serious, comedic person. Uh-huh. He always had this weird sense of humor that would come into play sometimes. Uh-huh. But everyone would walk around him like, you know, oh, you know. The master, he's so wise. So wise. Yeah. And then he would make some dumb joke, you know, and then everyone would be like, oh, like, yeah. it would be totally off, offsetting kind of, yeah. which I think is great to kind of, to see the balance of the personality yeah, too. Sure. Like you just assume like, this is a very wise man, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And then suddenly he'll say something totally like off the wall yeah. and you're like, whoa, whoa. where'd that come from? Mm-hmm. But then you appreciate maybe even more the depth of that person yeah, because you see the, there's so many facets to the human being, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think even when we're, 
I think like we, I've talked about before in Ula, sometimes when you, the most poignant, the most poignant things are expressed. If you can express humor and deepness at the mm-hmm. same time, mm-hmm. people then feel the, the depth mm-hmm. more. Yeah. I think they're like, whoa. I think anytime you present the contrast to something, you can amplify. Good point. You know, whatever it is. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. the light and the dark. Mm-hmm. So if you just mm-hmm. say dark, then just a yeah. da- d- dark tunnel. Yeah. You're like, uh, after a while, you're kind of bored of it. Like, whatever, it's just dark. My tunnel's freaking dark. Right. But if you shine a light in it for a second, well, you're you like, almost Whoa. don't even understand the definition of dark. Yeah, I don't even get it. Yeah. Exactly. And then if you get a, let's say you're in a deep cave. Yeah. And suddenly you turn on a flashlight, you're right. just like, Whoa. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you turn it off again. Yeah, and then you almost have a greater appreciation for, for what that darkness exactly. means. Exactly, and that's mm-hmm. what I think humor can do mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. if it's if it's used well. If it's used right, yeah. Well, and even like I mean, anybody who's listened to this podcast or met Bernice in in person, I mean, I feel like your laugh can immediately just um, shift the energy of a of a situation. Although I too. think it seems it sounds kind of irritating on the podcast. I don't think so on the microphone. I'll- I think. <laughs> It's like, like, what is that? Like, those sound waves were just <laughs> And those ones. Those are, those are good ones, too. I'm just monitoring the sound here. <laughs> we can see it on the computer. You on guys are computer. missing out. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a show over here. I know. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think that there is that element, like you described about your dad. There's that element to you as well. I think you carry both of those really, really beautifully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's an art and it's also just such a gift. Yeah. But I am, I'm sure you've had to develop it into the art that it is. Oh yeah. Like as a kid, I was probably too, you know, either I was too quiet or too boisterous or Uh it was sort of finding the balance between the two. Mm -hmm. I think great, great humorists can listen really well. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not about because sometimes you you know you ever talk to people and they're just like da 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 talking and yeah. talking and then they're kind of they're telling funny stories yeah it's like their little show their show exactly and I'm like eh, not really yeah it's not doing it for me yeah but then you talk to certain people and they're like totally listening to you uh-huh. and then they make some sort of quip in there and yeah you're like oh they totally get they me. they get it yeah. yeah yeah well and Mike is very funny as well Mike is very funny we had a competition the other day <laughs> you know we were. I was at uh, the ranch where he has the rafting company, <coughs> and um, the the rap guides were like, "Who's funnier?" You know, and I and they were like, "Mike's funnier because they they, they see him all, day all the time." Yeah. And I'm not very funny out there because I'm like working and yeah, and I'm kind of shy by nature, so I'm not gonna yeah. like jump in and be like, "Oh, let me tell you a story all the time." You know, I yeah. went fishing, <laughs> and um, but it's funny how we have the competitions, and I don't one. He won out there, but I, you know, I would win in oh, Ula you, for you would sure. Definitely I'd kill win him. here, oh, Russia. Yeah. Oh, you totally. Would. <laughs> but I bet that's nice to be married to somebody who's funny as well. So just is like part of you got your family dynamics. Yeah, he can make me laugh sometimes so hard. Oh my gosh, oh, he's so funny, and he'll just make fun of me like yeah. Where I don't even realize I'm doing something weird, <laughs> which most of you know. You know, someone said, Joey, the other day, Joey Banks, a friend of ours in class, said, I like when you get the dementia eyes in oh, class. God. And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> and she said, you kind of get that blank stare when you don't remember the choreography. You totally do. And I was like, dementia eyes? I never heard that. I'm like, I'm going to work on smiling the entire time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
that. Like, don't say dementia. Don't say that to me. What? Um, speaking of dementia, that kind of is a wonderful segue for our next question. Excellent. Um, so not only are you known, I believe, for your wisdom and your humor, but you are also known for your agelessness. In fact, I like to refer to you as Benjamin Button. <laughs> um, do you, okay, so do you think that it's just kind of like purely the luck of the draw, part of your genes, just kind of who you naturally are that helped you kind of drink from the fountain of youth? Or do you think it's part of your lifestyle, your um, your outlook on life, um, the way you, you think? Um, I don't know. Do you think there's something that you are, that you're consciously doing that helps contribute to this seemingly endless supply of energy that you have and, and the youth that you exude? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, I like to thank my anxiety disorder for my youth. <laughs> Please explain. Thank you. Anxiety disorder. Let's talk about that. one. I saw a doctor a few years ago. Actually, it's my, my OBGYN and, um, I have kind of a rapid heartbeat, you know, not all the time, but I'm kind of like a hummingbird. Like my heart rate, mm-hmm. my heart rate's kind of high. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you need a lot of sugar. I need a lot of sugar. Just like, like a little hummingbird. Like a hummingbird. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah, you just kind of flit around. It's like, why? And I, I have to eat sugar. Like even today, yeah. he's like, you got to go find some sugar now. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I remember going to the doctor. I'm like, yeah, but my heart rate's so high. You mm-hmm. know, they took my, and he was like, and he looked at me. Because, of course, then I was always, I had anxiety disorder, remember, and I was agoraphobic for, yeah. like, a year. Yeah. And I thought I was going to die all the time. Like, this is it. Going to die. Heart sure. attack. And he was like, we looked at your heart. You're not going to die. It's a totally healthy heart. You just you just have a rapid heartbeat sometimes. And he said, you know what? He's like, you know what, B? He's like, I have to drink five cups of coffee to feel like you feel. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, you're so lucky. Yeah. To feel that way. Yeah. And I, it was a great reframe for sure. me. And that was like the beginning of a change in how I saw my anxiety too. Oh, cool. Like, oh. Yeah. Like I, I'm going to use this. Yeah, I'm going to use this. Yeah. So if I have all this energy, mm-hmm. um, why am I trying to contain it? It was like mm-hmm. I was trying to put a box on it, you know, mm-hmm. like just, you know, don't be hyper, mm-hmm. act normal. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, no, it's, you know, use this energy yeah. move around, you know, yeah. stay up if you want to stay up. Yeah. You know, work if you want to work. Mm-hmm. There's no judgment there about, you know, what I'm supposed to be. Yeah. You know, at 56 yeah. or whatever, it's like, well, you shouldn't be jumping around or, yeah. you know, and I'm like, but I, I kind of have to jump around. Yes. It makes me feel better. Well, and, and the, like, don't take offense to this. And I know, I know you won't because I've said this all the time, but like you have, honestly redefined what it means to me to age Mm -hmm. because what I feel like you have really shown me is that yeah you don't have to follow these quote-unquote rules of what it looks like to age by this age we shouldn't really be doing this anymore Mm -hmm. or by this age we should be acting like this or we shouldn't be you know whatever like shouldn't be skipping through the grocery store yeah yeah exactly um and I feel like you have uh, just shown me how freeing and liberating it, it is to, to break those rules. Mm-hmm. And um, was that, have you always been that way? Or did you like, 
because I'm sure, didn't it happen before you had the anxiety talk that you've been this way? I mean, haven't you always been this way? Kind of hyper? Well, yeah. And just kind of like, I'm not going to do it that way. Yeah. I've always been kind of like that. I feel like a lot of things in life, you're just kind of like, I'm not going to do it Even that way. Even when I was young, like I remember I wanted a nice car. I wanted to work and get a nice car, like a yeah. car, like a 40 year old person would have. Yeah. And I was probably in my like 20. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm just going to do it. Uh-huh. Like, of course, this is the time I should have it. Because uh-huh. when I'm 40, it won't matter. Everyone will have one. Do you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean in a weird way? Yeah. So I, I've always been like, I hate being defined a certain way. Yeah. Like if I'm, tw- if you're 20, you can't do this, you know, right. or you can't order at a nice restaurant or right. you, you know, you can't be seen as, you know, as, as wise when you're young. Mm. And I was like, BS, yeah. you know? Yeah. And now that I'm older, you know, I'm like, I, this is just who I am. I think my dad taught me that too. He right. was always very youthful. Yeah. I remember catching him meditating at like 5 a.m. He was uh-huh. probably 80 at the time I came down the stairs. Uh-huh. It was like 5 a.m. in the morning in the dark in his house. Uh-huh. And he's sitting cross-legged on a pillow on the floor. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh. And he's like, just meditating. Walk on by. Oh, cute. But he's so, he was so youthful in just the way he used his body, mm-hmm. the way he moved with his body. Mm-hmm. And and just his, his countenance was so youthful. Yeah. And I think that is part of, like, that curiosity piece. Yeah. He was never like, well, we're done now. I'm going to sit by the table and just wait for a, a <laughs> yeah. few years. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was, like, constant. Yeah. So, so not only is your spirit and your energy youthful, but let's be honest. You look about 20 years younger than you actually are. Well, that she's always buttering me up. No, right I'm now. not. You guys, when we travel, as <laughs> when we travel with my children, which we've had to do on several occasions, um... We have probably three to four times now. Um, people have thought that she, the kids are hers and that I am the nanny because she's always like, she's just tall and beautiful and her perfect skin. <laughs> and then there's these kids and then we've got all these bags and like strollers and, and I'm Stacey pushing them and stuff. I look haggard. Stacy's got all the bags. I'm pushing the babies and Bernice is just like walking behind looking so beautiful. And so many times they've thought that, that you're the mom to these literally <laughs> newborns, you know, at 50 something years old, they think you're the mom. And in fact, one time we were, um, was it this year or last year? Last year, I think. Oh, it was last year, last year. when Piper was a tiny, tiny baby. Yeah. We were leaving Mexico after location and this woman comes up to us and she looks at Bernice, she goes, beautiful baby. And then she looks at me and she goes, hold up its neck. <laughs> You were, you were she thought I was the nanny, like holding the baby wrong. <laughs> she was complimenting. And I said, of course, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. my, thank you very much. <laughs> um, I would ask you just to share some of your um, health regimes, but there, but the thing is, that's not what it is with you. You can go literally days without drinking a sip of water. Like it's insane how yeah, little water you water. drink, except you have the most like, you know, shiny beautiful skin greasy skin is it's that like what greasy it's dewy and then you eat i'm sorry but you don't eat well i have a bad diet you have a bad diet but yeah. yet you are so youthful and um you're just so youthful and healthy and i think that there is um i think that there is energetically something to that you know a lot of people throughout the years with ula have been like hey will you endorse uh, like these health products or, um, you know, like, why don't you guys do like 
recipes or, you know, all this oh, stuff. Yeah. But for me and what I think you embody so much about this bee is I believe that, and this is my hippie crazy stuff, but I believe almost that the energy and the intention you put behind what you're eating is going to have that effect on the body. That's a good point. So when you're eating like, you know, peanut M&Ms, which you eat a lot of, but what you are telling your body is, this is going to make me feel better. Yeah. My blood sugar is off. This is going to help regulate me. This is this makes me feel better. And I think sometimes it's more the intentionality of the food that we're eating or like, I love this. I'm really enjoying this. This is my favorite food. Oh, yeah. And then I think it can almost have a, a positive effect on the body. And I think it's like knowing your body, too. And like, it's knowing your body. Know, like some people know like they have to have fat or they have to have protein or, you know what I mean? Like they. Yeah, but you have to have gas station pizza. Like it's not healthy <laughs> food. You know, I understand. It's like I need protein. <laughs> I need carbs. I need sugar. But like you, you literally just kind of. I think are such a good example for me. And I believe this, but I think you exemplify it as, um, I, I really believe in this is kind of, um, I don't know, going into, going into metaphysics too, but it's like what you, what you, what the intention you put into the object becomes that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I eat basically all organic food, so I'm, I'm not necessarily like that myself, but I if I could guess what the secret is to your youth, I think there's something to this. Mm -hmm. I think that you also have a lot of like pleasure and enjoyment and this youthful thing going. And I think that, you know, um, youth really is a state of mind and no matter what you eat or drink or do or whatever, if you have that like, uh, abundant, energy, abundant curiosity, abundant kind of zest for life, then your life takes on those things. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. I agree. Yeah. And it's, I think, yeah, I mean, I eat, I don't eat well. I mean, you do eat healthy too. I don't I'm not going to totally say that. Bad, like, but you, I do no. eat, but I did have McDonald's I'm exaggerating this. I did have McDonald's last night, just so everyone knows. Um, but, you know, it is just sort of embracing. I think it's that same thing. Of and just, like, I personally haven't had McDonald's in, I can't even tell you, 10 years but I don't think my body is as healthy as yours, you know? And so I think there's something to this. It's mm -hmm. interesting to me. Or I know that I have less energy than you do. Like I, so for me, I'm fascinated by this concept of your body mm -hmm. and how, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. And how, but yeah, no, I think, you know, I don't know what it is. Like I'm just, you know, I just have a lot of energy. You do. And I think you're, yeah, it's, it's. And it has to be fed. Like it yes, has to be totally. It has fed. to be fed. Like it's almost like a hummingbird. Yes. That type of idea where yes. if, if you said you you could have a cucumber now, and I'm like, well, that's going to be problematic though, because in about 15 seconds, <laughs> it's going to be, I'm still going to be like, it's not working. Totally. You know, where, mm -hmm. you know, it's just an interesting, it's, I think it's just knowing, I know my body well enough now mm -hmm. where I'm, and it's a, it is a weird combination of things I eat, but. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you found what works for you. Yeah, it totally works for me. And mm -hmm. if I have the peanut M and M sometimes, I mean, maybe it is. It's 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 psychosomatic, maybe. Or but isn't everything? That's what I'm getting. Yeah, that's the that point. Because like, the point. if I have my, it's the same thing with, with ibuprofen. Yes, I'm like everyone's like you. You know, people were you know you get in you get in a pain after doing a training weekend stuff like yeah. that. But I'm like, just have one. Just one. You guys should only take one. But it changes her life. Oh, my God. Immediately, I feel like 
a million dollars. Well, and I think this is like metaphysics 101. Your thoughts become your reality. Yes. The energy and intention you put into something, mm-hmm. be, it becomes that. And sometimes I'll just have a small Coca-Cola and at you're like a new 2 person. o'clock. And I know in my head I'm going to be, I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And, and usually sure enough, by 3, 4 o'clock, I'm like, wow, I feel great. Mm-hmm. Like, what a gift that is. I love it. And also because I was denied having Coca-Cola as a kid mm-hmm. and bacon. And you love those two and things those two, But it's almost like I take it and it's like the fruit of life. <laughs> and I guess this is maybe one of like one of the greatest gifts that you have given me too is like the rules don't have to apply the way you think they do. No, and if the rules make you unhappy or if it just seems like such a chore to follow these rules, yeah, like then probably you need to rethink them. Yeah, because who made them up anyways? I don't know who made them up, but yeah, make up, you know, look at everybody's rules. Stay uh-huh. curious. There's a bunch of them out there. Right. And and start filtering through what works for you. Yes. Like we say, you're the expert on you. Yes. So be curious and figure that out. You yes. have the answers. I love that. You have the answers. Well, and when you truly believe that, then you can be more tuned into like what your gut is telling you, or you can start to really trust the signals that your body is giving you. Yeah, right. Exactly. Then you're like, Oh, what was that? Yeah. I'm listening. Yeah. I'm listening. I'm paying paying attention because I trust this more than I trust what anybody else says about this. Yes. Because I am the expert on me. I'm living in this vehicle. Yes. And so I've got to pay attention to if, you know, there's a spark plug out or, you know, whatever, or if that made, if that made me run better. Yeah. Then, okay, let's okay. do it. Let's that works. do that. That works. Yeah. I love that. It's yeah. been such a gift having your uh, your influence in my life, and I'm oh. sure in many of these listeners' lives, too. Well, I couldn't do it without you. I mean, just like well. I said, you push me to be the best I can be, mm. even when I don't want to be pushed, when I'm telling her, like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't like it. I hate this song. She's like, you're going to like it. I'm like, no, I'm not. Um, happened today. Happened today. She convinced me. Um, but that, but we need people like this in our lives, I think, too. We right. need friends that push us, that expand our worldview, mm-hmm. that we can have debates with, mm-hmm. um, and that we can show our true colors, too. Totally. You know, life is too short. So I'm totally appreciative that I get to do it with you. Oh, I love you. Love you too. Thank you for letting us interview you you. guys. Love you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. 